It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. This episode is a special one. It's a preview of the 2022-23 English Championship uh, season. And here we are uh, in the week uh, leading up to the start of a new season. Uh, my name is Christopher Harris and I'm joined by my co-host Kartik Krishnayer. Kartik, uh, looking at the championship, this is, this is a league that both you and I watch very often you do a lot of reporting for talk sports. Uh, you mean sometimes twice weekly uh, calling in and uh, sharing your opinions and thoughts and analysis about uh, the English championship. And on the World Soccer Talk podcast, oftentimes we'll mention the championship just uh, kind of a, maybe uh, for a second or two, but we don't get a chance to actually dive deep into this league. And it is for me, I mean, my club is in this league, so it, it, uh, it makes it kind of uh, a regular occurrence for me to watch this league more often. But still, even if Swansea City was not in the championship, I'd still be watching this league. What for you, kind of a, at a high level, what for, you are, what, what, what for you is intriguing or interesting? What uh, compels you to watch uh, the championship more, more than some of the, the other, other leagues out there, Kartik? Yeah, I watch it more than I watch most first divisions. So I would say, uh, first off, is the level of competitiveness. There is not a huge gap between the team that finishes sixth in the league and makes the promotion playoffs and the team that finishes 22nd and gets relegated, right? Okay, so there are some outliers always in the league. Maybe the top two teams, top three teams are really good. The bottom one or two teams are really bad. But there's a competitive balance that you don't get in most leagues around the world. Now, proponents of MLS would say, well, we have that competitive balance, but there's promotion and relegation, and there's not much of a gap between being in the fight for a promotion playoff spot and being in a fight against relegation in this division. Again, there's some seasons that are uh, uh, different, but for the most part, consistently, the gap between 5th or 6th and 17th isn't very much. And in in fact, uh, when I'm on talk, talk sport regularly, uh, this is always a talking point almost every week is, hey, look at the table. It's so it's so competitive. It's so crunched up. And there'll be teams that start the season that are sitting in a that are in a relegation fight. And you think they're in a relegation fight at Boxing Day and they end up getting promoted like Nottingham Forest did uh, this past season. And there, there are a couple other examples of that historically of that happening. Uh, and I think number two for me is the tactical variation. What I've found 
during the course of the last few years particularly is that in the in the uh, and I think this trend was started by Ian Holloway at Blackpool when he got them promoted back in 2010 you're seeing clubs that play some expansive free-flowing football um, and they're in a position where uh, they can afford to do that because um, you're, you're you're in a league where um, Results are at a premium, but uh, it's not like the Premier League with Liverpool and Manchester City last few seasons where if you drop any points at all, you're out, right? In this league, you can drop points, uh, as we saw Bournemouth do regularly last season, uh, and still uh, get promoted. So uh, you have that. And then on the other end, you have a lot of clubs that still play traditional English football, right? Uh, uh, lump, lump it forward, use a target man as a number nine, or play with uh, wingers that, that are quick and, and just cross, uh, pump crosses into the box, uh, into the area. So you have this tactical variation. You have all things in between those two, right? Um, you're seeing more counter-pressing in the league. You're seeing more foreign managers in the league. You're seeing some of the really good, budding, young continental talent in the league, guys who are coming through the championship, guys from Denmark, from France, from the Netherlands, coming uh, Portugal, coming through the championship and then making their name in the championship and then becoming stars in the Premier League or Liga or wherever they go after. Um, and then you have... I would say the final point, lots and lots of guys who are either internationals now or become full internationals. Yes, it's a second division, but if you look at the England, England national team, it, depending on the squad uh, Southgate selects, uh, at various times the majority of them have played in the championship. And in fact, you could say the majority of really their elite players have played in the championship, right? There are a few exceptions, guys like Raheem Sterling, and Marcus Rashford were elite at 17 or 18 and never played in the championship, were never loaned out or never started at a championship club. Uh, oh, actually, Sterling did start at QPR, but um, they were in the Premier League at the time and, and uh, never played a first-team game for them before they moved to, uh, he moved to Liverpool. But you see the core of the England team as the pool has deepened, being more championship and football league heavy than it's ever been in terms of guys having previously played in that in this division and that wasn't the case um 10 15 years ago when quite frankly the squad selections were confounding right and were limited to big clubs and limited to reputation yeah so we will get to uh, a preview of as many as we can hopefully all 24 teams uh, in this championship season which begins uh, Friday July 29th and we'll get into the TV side of things and streaming side in a little bit but for me Kartik just two two things here before we kind of dive a little bit deeper your example of, of England and, and a lot of these players for the England national team coming through the system, coming through championship clubs and moving up to Premier League clubs and, and, and beyond is, is a good one. Another example is Wales. Wales is the first opponent uh, to the United States in the World Cup in, in Qatar in November, as we know. Most of the Welsh team play at the championship level, with some exceptions, of course. There's some players that play, play at the, the League One uh, level also. So what you get is a lot of quality. And, and that's, that's the second point, is, is this is a really high-quality league to watch. So if you're watching the championship, not every game's an amazing one. And, and, and to your point, Kartik, there are a lot of different styles. Some are very pragmatic. Some of them, like Huddersfield, are very I mean, direct. Um, 
and, we, and we've and in summer t- tiki tiki taka you get a whole bunch of different styles and oftentimes actually even during the course of a game you'll see that, that the style's changing too in terms of managers making decisions to change it but all all together i really like watching this league because the quality is very high it's exciting it it, it kind of combines the best of the american and british side and what i mean by that is that um the british side in terms of promotion relegation sporting merit a long season uh, the winners are decided based on on that season combined with the american playoff model which should be once the, the season ends and you have teams uh, three through six, uh, they go into a playoff and then ultimately into a playoff final to determine who gets uh, who's that third promoted team uh, to the Premier League. So um, I don't have anything negative to say about the championship. It, it's a fun league to watch. Uh, it is long. And and that's and that's a key thing, too, because I think for a lot of soccer fans, uh, who watched the Premier League? We try to watch as many games as possible. Sometimes, as many, uh, we can watch them all if we want to. There's 380 games a season. But in the Championship, there's 24 teams, not 20. So that means in, in the course of a season, the Premier League has 380. The Championship has 552 games in a season. So oftentimes, the best thing to do, uh, either to cherry pick the games you want to watch or pick a team and, and follow that team throughout the course of a season. Because if you try to watch everything, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost it, is, it is impossible. Uh, you, can't do, you can't do it. And we, we'll get into the TV side in a little bit. Speaking of the TV psychotic, let's let's talk talk about that first because like here we are, we're recording this on Tuesday, just a few days before the championship season. I I think a, a rule has has to be made between the sports leagues and broadcasters worldwide is that going into a new season, all the deals, the TV and streaming deals, have to be done at least two weeks before the season begins. Because what happens, and we've seen this even with the Premier League and an ESPN deal that came back in what in the. Oh, the, the 2000s right yeah where it was like the night before the first game of the season espn uh did a deal overnight and, and we broke the news but here we are it's it's tuesday a deal has still not been signed so what it looks like and, and we have the full article at worldsocktalk.com that goes into more detail so espn is close to, to signing the deal with the football league for the rights to the english championship league one league two and I believe also the, the FA, so also I believe it also includes um, the uh, FA Cup and also the League Cup, if I'm, if I'm correct in that. But what it means is that the deal has not been signed yet. And um, so according to my sources, even if the deal isn't signed completely, uh, ESPN will still go ahead and broadcast um, the games, uh, at least for the opening weekend of the season, to make sure there's a, a continuity but until the deal is done, we can't say it's 100% done. But it looks very likely that ESPN Plus will will retain the rights to the uh, English Championship uh, and League One and League Two. And uh, something a little bit different, though, Kartik. This Friday, the opening game of the season, Huddersfield against Burnley. What's different about this and what does it mean? Yeah, so this match will be on ESPN2 in the United States. So it's going to be on linear television, the first championship match on linear television since the days of BN, but really the first championship match on linear television in a big way, right? Because previously it's always been BN and before that Fox Soccer Channel, right? These very kind of niche tier three, tier four channels. So that's really exciting. And in addition, 
I would say the matchup couldn't be better, right? It's Huddersfield who were just uh, maybe a controversial call away from being promoted to the Premier League last season. Remember, uh, lots of controversy in that uh, championship playoff final against Nottingham Forest, although ultimately I think the better team did win. But there were several questionable calls, all of which went Forest's way in that match against Burnley, who were relegated on the last day of the season because Leeds United defeated Brentford, right? So you have a newly relegated team against the team that lost the playoff final in the first match, and it's on linear television in the United States. Although one quick point, uh, Huddersfield's best player, in my opinion, last season was Lewis O'Brien. Ironically enough, sold this past week to Nottingham Forest, who beat them in that playoff final. So he'll be in the Premier League this year. And I think that means Huddersfield probably takes a step back. But best possible matchup, really, when you talk about the championship to start the season, and it's going to be on linear television in this country, which is really, really exciting news for all of us. Yeah, yeah, and it's also going to be on ESPN Deportes and also ESPN Plus. So there's definitely plenty of options. But to have that game on the ESPN2 is, is a massive deal for the championship um, and for the, uh, the English Football League. It'll be interesting to see what the, the viewing number is for that match. The, you mentioned Huddersfield um, losing a key player. Uh, they've also signed uh, Tino Anderin from uh, Chelsea on loan again. So he's back at Huddersfield uh, So that, uh, as an attacking midfielder. Um, there's not. Hopefully, we'll we'll see a lot from him this season because it's a player that's uh, highly rated. Now, Kartik, uh, we have a question from one of our listeners, and that's a, that's from Corey. Corey says, "What are the teams and players that folks should tune into for these matches this season?" It's a great question, and let me go first, just just for me personally on this one. And I'm actually really interested to see how uh, Vincent Company does as manager of Burnley. Uh, this is a great opportunity for him. And we've seen how successful managers in the championship have been able to get their clubs promoted to the, the Premier League, um, uh, for instance, or actually even hired uh, as, as a manager, hired by a Premier League club after showing uh, his worth as a manager in the championship. And, and for example, some just ex- examples of some managers that have plied their trade in the championship and uh, either got promoted or hired into the Premier League. Those managers include Brendan Rodgers, Thomas Frank, Graham Potter, Frank Lampard, Eddie Howe, Steve Cooper, and David Moyes. There's a lot of managers that have earned the, earned their, their basically uh, uh, badges, so to speak, at the championship and gone on to bigger and greater greater things. So for me personally, I'm really interested to see how uh, Burnley does with um, uh, Vincent Company as the ma- manager. But Karthik, what about you? So what, what are the teams and players that folks should tune into for these matches this season? Yeah, I'm really cu- curious about Burnley also. Uh, uh, but the two teams I'm most curious about this year are Middlesbrough, under Chris Wilder, first full season. He has an opportunity, I think, to to get this team uh, back up in the Premier League with the squad they have, with the system he's put in place, with some of the signings they've made. And so I think they're definitely a team to watch. And then I'd also say Stoke City, who uh, were in the Premier League for a very long time, right? I, I think 10 or 11 seasons consecutively, finished in the top half several times uh, in that period, right? Finished ninth, finished eighth under Sparky, under Mark Hughes. I think they made Europe once under Tony Pulis. They they have a shot to get back up this year under Michael O'Neill, the former uh, Northern Ireland manager who got Northern Ireland to the Euros in 2016 and so close 
to the uh, World Cup in 2018. They've made a number of interesting signings, uh, most notably probably Dwight Gale. I mean, there's several good signings Millsboro made, but Dwight Gale may be the guy that really stands out who has a history of scoring goals in this division with multiple clubs and has been okay in the Premier League. Um, let me rattle off a couple of players I do want to keep an eye on because I think there are guys that um, every year there are people who come out of nowhere that uh, end up stealing your attention in the championship. Last year it was Brennan Johnson. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At Nottingham Forest. Obviously now he is a Premier League player, so he's not on our list. But a, a couple guys I'd keep an eye on, and this is subject to change, uh, is uh, Brereton Diaz at uh, Blackburn. Had a fantastic season last season, the Chilean International, uh, and almost got Chile uh, to the World Cup, right? And he, he, he uh, gets capped and, and starts uh, really helping his national team also. Chris Willock is a player, uh, Joe Willock's younger brother, that I really like at Queen's Park Rangers, a guy who can do it all in, on the attacking end, a, a really smooth number eight. Ismail Asar is a guy that was injured a lot last season for Watford in the Premier League. Uh, I think the relegation will help him. It helped him a couple of years ago when he was at uh, Watford previously. And then uh, uh, maybe a little bit of an ode to you, Ben Cabongo, coming into a, a World Cup year, Chris, uh, at Swansea City, uh, uh, Welsh international. I think he's a guy, when fit and when on his game, is really worth watching. So that's just a few players. There are many, many more, and there are probably a ton of players that are not on the radar right now that will emerge 
uh, as really good players. Sorba Thomas at Huddersfield, another Welsh international I keep an eye on. Yeah, and there's definitely an American angle, too, uh, if uh, those who want to watch uh, some of the American stars. And it, it is really interesting, Kartik, going into the World Cup here and uh, just just months away, I think 117 days or something like that to the World Cup. And you've got some of the U.S. men's national team goalkeepers hoping to start in the World Cup uh, playing in the championship. So at Middlesbrough, you have Zach Steffen. At Luton Town, you have uh, Ethan Horvath who's joined the club from Nottingham Forest. And uh, Horvath is going to have his work cut out for him because uh, this Luton defence is known for leaking goals. Uh, It conceded 55 goals last season, even though they ended up in sixth place and almost got promoted to to the Premier League. They they got into the, uh, the playoffs there. So uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on uh, Zach Steffen and Ethan Horvath and, and how much playing time you think they'll get and how will they find the championship? Is this going to be uh, a breeze? Yeah, in the case of Horvath, Luton were a well-organized team that were very close to going up last year under Nathan Jones, uh, who was a very, very good coach. I, I know some people judged him by his two-month stint or three-month stint at Stoke where it didn't go well, but uh, both his stints at Luton, he's been money. Uh, so I, I, I like that move. I think that's a real opportunity for him to play uh, in an organized team whose defense isn't necessarily the most technical, so he can help them out a lot. And maybe make a case for Greg, uh, to Greg Berhalter that he should be the number one uh, in Cutter. Uh, the other uh, situation is Zach Steffen, who we saw in his few opportunities at Manchester City, was fairly mistake-prone. Uh, although um, I think a lot could be said also for uh, some of the defending in front of him in, in a few of those matches, uh, particularly the FA Cup loss to Liverpool last season. I, I think uh, it was one of the shocking defensive efforts uh, City has had. Uh, he has to improve with his feet, right? We saw some of his mistakes at Manchester City have been with his footwork. Chris Wilder requires his goalkeepers to be able to play really well with their feet. And it's not a coincidence that goalkeepers who played for Chris Wilder at um, Sheffield United then moved on and emerged in the picture for the England national team. So two of them, right, um, in, in, in uh, Ramsdale and in uh, um, uh, uh, Dean Henderson. So yep. uh, he, he, those are guys that can play out of the back, right, and are really good with their feet, and they fit into what Chris Wilder was doing at Sheffield United. That's why it's a really interesting move for Zach Steffen. It could be feast or famine. If he thrives under Chris Wilder, he's the number one uh, in Cutter and maybe the number one long term. Like I said, um, England are going to take three goalkeepers themselves. They're in the U.S. group. I, two of them have played, uh, I think, two of them. I mean, we'll see who Southgate selects. But based on what I think he's going to do, two of those guys are guys that really developed under this manager. So it's a great move for Zach Steffen when you think about it that way. I know a lot of American fans just judge and say, oh, he's moving down to the championship. Uh, again, that's a lot of, I think, uninformed stereotyping, and they're not even looking at the club and the manager he's playing for in that, uh, in that analysis. Yeah, the championship is definitely a tough division a tough a tough league for sure and uh you get so many games thick and fast so it's it's very common to have you mean a game on a saturday or sunday and then you play a midweek on, on a tuesday or wednesday and then you play again on, on a friday like saturday or sunday so um with so many games and with 24 teams in the league and with the international break because of the world cup and, and other international breaks too um 
there's a great opportunity to get high level football uh, week in, week out, and sometimes uh, t- uh, two or three games a, a week sometimes. So uh, it's certainly not going to be a breeze for any of the players, but for Zach Steffen and Ethan Horvath in, in particular, it's going to be a great test. I mean, they're going to uh, get a lot of really good opposition coming at them. And it's an opportunity, really, uh, especially with these games being on ESPN2 and, and some of the games on ESPN+, Plus, um, to get a lot of exposure, too. And, th- and that's the thing, though, too, going back to the TV side, just for a second, too. With ESPN+, Plus, they don't show every single game. And that's always the, the frustration for soccer fans who want to watch more of the championship, is that uh, e- ESPN, uh, if and when they sign this deal uh, with the Football League, will show every single game that's available. Well, the English Football League doesn't make every single game available to international broadcasters or, or domestic broadcasters uh, to watch. If, so if you're a fan of Middlesbrough or you want to become a fan of Middlesbrough and you want to watch Zach Steffen every single game, home and away. Now, ESPN Plus will show a bunch of those games, maybe maybe two a month, maybe, or uh, maybe three a month if you're lucky. Um, but for the other games, uh, you have to subscribe to Middlesbrough's uh, streaming service through their official club website. Uh, a lot of the clubs use a, a kind of a, a product called iFollow. But if you want to watch uh, Middlesbrough Home and Away, you subscribe to iFollow uh, or whatever their services are through their website um, and ESPN+. Plus. Now, um, if, if a game is on ESPN+, Plus, uh, it is not going to be available through your club streaming s- service. Um, so, so, and vice versa, if, if you're a, a viewer in the United States, so it, it, it's not cheap by any means. So for example, Kartik yesterday, I just got an email from uh, my club, Swansea city saying like, Hey, great news. We're getting ready for the new season. It starts this weekend, uh, to subscribe to the streaming service, um, is going to be 170 pounds for the season. So roughly, that's what over well over two hundred dollars uh, to subscribe to have access to most of the home and away games for Swansea City. Any of the games, the home and away ones that are not going to be shown on that streaming service, is going to be on ESPN Plus, which is going to be increasing the price to ten dollars a month in August. So it's not cheap by any means. But if you do want to watch, whether you want to cherry pick and watch some of the best games through ESPN Plus, or if you want to go more hardcore and subscribe to a streaming service through the club, um, it's it's worth the money, but it is a lot more expensive than watching you know, in the Premier League or Champions League or La Liga or Bundesliga or any other league. So uh, it, it is, for me, it's, it's a personal sacrifice. I mean, it's my club. I, I support them. I watch them. Uh, and I feel that when I put that money towards that streaming service i'm helping the club out a little bit too in terms of uh, generating revenue etc all right Kartik. so um we've mentioned a bunch of the top teams already what for you about uh, and we've mentioned some of the americans too what what, what about uh, josh uh, uh, josh sergeant at norwich um he it, it was a difficult season right norwich got uh, relegated but the the second half of the season uh, Sergeant came alive more so, got more playing time, scored some great goals, um, and really kind of gave Norwich more of a fight. Um, now going into the championship, what's what's the outlook for, for Norwich City? Is this going to be a, another yo-yo uh, season and with them coming back up, do you think? I actually don't think so. I, obviously, that's been their history, their recent history, and, and the last two times uh, 
Uh, they've been relegated. They've come uh, – well, actually, the last time they were relegated, they came straight back up. Uh, the previous uh, uh, couple of times they were relegated, it took them a couple of years to get out of – well, the previous time it took them a couple of years. The time before that, they came right back up, and the time before that, it took them a couple of years. But they were a yo-yo club, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to bounce right back up again this season. They're, it's an aging squad. It's a squad that I think has kind of hit its uh, – its, uh, limit in terms of uh, where they can go. Uh, production from Timu Puki, I don't assume will be as good as it was two seasons ago in the championship or four seasons ago in the championship when he really broke out, right? Um, I, I think that uh, he's going to drop off. Adam Ida is a player I like a lot, Irish international uh, up top, but he's fought uh, consistency and injuries. And I, I think uh, they're a team that really needs some reinforcements and some reinvestment, and they haven't gotten it because their model very much has been this yo-yo thing. Uh, Todd Cantwell, a player that's dropped off uh, pretty significantly in the last year he or was, two. So, and he shows, some, he shows so much promise in the beginning, though, right? Contact yeah, yeah. In right. The Premier League, I, I, I thought, thought he was going to be – I thought he'd be at a top club by now, to be yeah, honest with you. me too. So, yeah, so, so that's where I am on Norwich. I, I, I don't think they're coming back up. So what about Hull City, right? Because Hull City is a club that was uh, did well last season at, at certain periods. Uh, obviously, were recently in the Premier League a few years ago. Um, but what's the outlook for this season, Kartik? I think they very much could be fighting relegation most of the season. They uh, were scrappy last season and uh, re- really benefited. So I think the thing we have to understand last season about the championship is because of the, uh, the points deductions for both Reading and for Darby. And, and Reading ended up staying up. But um, Darby would have stayed up without the points deduction, and Reading would have been clear uh, very, instead of fighting relegation without the points deduction. It kind of changed the situation at the bottom. Uh, so I, I think that this is a side that needs to be um, overhauled and hasn't really been overhauled. They managed to stay in the division, though. Once they got relegated from the Premier League, they struggled uh, immediately, but they've kept in the division, unlike Sunderland, unlike Wolves a few years back. When Wolves were relegated uh, uh, under Mick McCarthy, or they sacked Mick McCarthy right before they were relegated, but when they were relegated that one season from the Premier League, they went down right down the next season. Um, And uh, I had to bring Kenny Jackett in, the manager you're familiar with, to get him back into the championship. So... um, I, I think that they're going to really struggle this season. They have some uh, nice parts, but I think every team in the championship does. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah, that's what makes the uh, the championship really intriguing, too, is going into a new season, is that uh, it's really difficult to predict who goes up, who goes down. Uh, you mean, there are the, the, some exceptions where it's a club that's either spent a lot or, or spent very little, and you kind of think, okay, well, this team has got a good chance of going up based on the players they bought, or this, this team has a, a good chance of going down because they haven't spent hardly any money and they've got a, a so-so team in terms of talent. But um, Hull City, I mean, you mentioned uh, that they need a turnaround. They need to go kind of do a, an overhaul within the squad. They have started out okay this summer, though, in terms of transfers. Out of all the clubs in the championship, Hull City have spent the most in this transfer window so far. It's not a lot. It's uh, $12.5 million, But it's, that's more than what uh, River Plate has spent during the same time period. And out of the eight players that they've signed, this is interesting, Kartik, out of the eight players they've signed thus far in this, uh, this transfer window, four of them are coming from Turkish clubs. 
Mm. And uh, so, I mean, I think one of them's a center forward uh, from one of the Turkish clubs. So, and Turkey, I mean, Turkey could be a, a undeveloped league in terms of signing players. I mean, there's definitely a lot of talent there. It's kind of a raw talent. It's a little bit unproven mixed with a whole bunch of veteran players. Um, but we know that there's some good talent in Turkey. So perhaps maybe that is their their key to unlock this uh, championship season. Yeah, their manager uh, is Georgian. Uh, is a former Georgian international who, who I'm familiar with because he played with Georgia, King Kladzi, one of the great Man City legends uh, from the era before the Man City takeover. Um, Arvazlade, and, and, and he has managed in Turkey. I know he's managed a bunch of places, but I, I do recall him managing, I think, multiple clubs in Turkey. So he would know that league pretty well, although he's uh, uh, pretty far removed. I think that was about 10, 15 years ago when he was managing in Turkey. But um, that's an interesting place to go. And you see, this is something for people who don't watch the championship a lot. You see a lot of guys come from what you would consider second-tier first divisions in Eastern Europe, and then from lower-end first division clubs in the Netherlands, Belgium, Austria, those sorts of countries. They seem to make their way into the championship uh, more than you would think for a second division. But we keep saying it's a second division, Chris, but it's also the sixth richest league in the world um, behind the top five European leagues, uh, the top five first divisions in Europe. So it's actually a richer league than the majority of first divisions in the UEFA confederation. Wow. Yeah. And the market value of, the, of all the players in the championship, it's over a billion pounds. So uh, it's certainly a lot of talent there. Um, speaking of talent, though, Kartik, I mean, if you're looking at this league right now before the season starts, uh, oftentimes there are some chairman with uh, itchy, itchy fingers who are ready to kind of pull the trigger to say like, hey, I mean, we'll give uh, our manager a few weeks at least to see how they how he does. But if he's not getting the results we need by uh, mid-September, late September, we need we need to get somebody in uh, soon because we're a club that maybe is in massive debt or uh, has is banking on basically the club getting promoted back into the Premier League to go ahead and uh, get some more money in, into the club and help uh, pay off some of this debt. Um, there's several clubs that we've seen in the championship of, of recent years, including Birmingham City, including Derby County and many others uh, that have had massive debt and, and uh, have been penalized for uh, FFP, for breaking FFP uh, and having either transfer embargoes, etc. But who for you, which club or which manager in the championship needs to be looking over his shoulder uh, in the next uh, kind of month or two in the championship, do you think? Well, club, I think, is Birmingham City. They've just had to take over uh, Maxi Lopez, the former uh, Argentine international uh, Barcelona uh, star uh, is involved in that. Uh, is hands on. Actually, saw him in in uh, Birmingham uh, with uh, his partner. I guess partner is the guy who has the money, right? Uh, probably uh, completing the takeover. Uh, but I think that that's a club that's just had one problem after another. Um, if I said a manager was on the hot seat, uh, the first name that comes to mind is Steve Bruce, yeah. uh, who took over West uh, Brom last season. Uh, thought that uh, they would have a quick return to the Premier League. Uh, I, I have rated Bruce maybe a little too highly um, and been very defensive of him in his previous jobs, but he really botched it up when he got to West Brom. And it's fortunate he's getting uh, a second ch- chance at this and getting a full summer to retool the side. He took a side that had played 
expansive football uh, that was built effectively by Slavin Bilic, right? Playing expansive football, getting promoted. I think we all thought the Bilic sacking was cruel. But they brought in Sam Allardyce. So we said, okay, they're bringing in a survival specialist. They didn't survive because it was tough to get a Bilic side to play the Allardyce way. Um, but even worse is after Valerian Ishmael didn't do a good job. Um, and I thought that was a good hire for the personnel they had, but it didn't work. Uh, but it didn't work. Um, re- it didn't work relative to expectations. It was still working a lot better than it was when Bruce came in. Uh, Bruce um, really botched up that team. And uh, I think he, he will be gone uh, very, very shortly in the season. If things don't turn around before the world cup, uh, 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 break happens. And then the one other manager I'd say is really under a lot of pressure is a new manager, uh, John Dahl Tomasin at Blackburn. Uh, Tony Mowbray got Blackburn about as far as I think they can with their finances and their personnel and with their lack of investment from the Venkis group, right? So, uh, and they didn't get promoted that whole time, although they, you know, they've been They've been solid. They've been good. And uh, maybe a little too leaky at the back, but that's Tony Mowbray football. Those of you who've seen him at any number of his previous club stops as a manager, uh, but very exciting on the attacking side. I think now the expectation is they somehow break into that top six with Tomasin, and uh, I don't see it. So I think he might have a short stint. Yeah, another club which I'm surprised by, Kartik, is, is Watford. And I'm surprised because the Pozo family usually, I mean, hires and fires managers just kind of uh, willy-nilly just throughout the season. However, in this regard, they've gone to a relatively new manager, Rob Edwards. Uh, he joined the club in July. Uh, he comes from Forest Green Rovers. But this one seems to be more of a, I don't know if they're thinking like almost like a, a Graham Potter, taking somebody yes. that, that have, has experience, uh, kind of a, more at the youth level and at Wolves, I think at the youth level too, or the academy level, bring him through to Watford and in, in theory, go for the long-term plan. Say, hey, rather than hiring and firing managers at will, let's get somebody that's younger, that's talented, and who's going to uh, go the long course and get us promoted back to the Premier League. Yes, uh, that's my understanding is completely that Watford went out after all this uh, rotation of managers, bringing in some young managers from the continent who didn't get the job done, bringing in experienced hands like Rainieri and Roy Hodgson who didn't get the job done. Uh, Nigel Pearson at one point uh, they, they had hired, right? They've gone, through, uh, uh, they've gone through some managers twice, right? They cycled through Kiki Sanchez-Flores twice. My understanding is Rob Edwards is being brought in for a long-term build, not just from, okay, we have a stabil- stability with a young manager, but also stylistically um, what he did at Forest Green is they play some very attractive football, even though uh, they were in and uh, he got them promoted out of the, uh, the fourth tier, but they were in the fourth tier for the last few seasons. So that's the thinking. The other manager I'd mentioned in this regard, Chris, just real quickly is Michael Beal, who's been brought in at QPR, the club I, I tend to support in this division. Um, very unpopular decision um, to, to sack a Warburton, the previous manager who had been, um, really instrumental in building um, the way QPR played stylistically, giving the club that had cycled through managers from really their the takeover in 2008 all the way through their time in the Premier League, their relegation, their return to the Premier League, their relegation again, some stability and a solid base of uh, uh, way to play. And Warburton is actually the guy who I would give a lot of credit to building what Brentford has 
uh, sustained. Uh, he was replaced by Dean Smith, who was replaced, uh, obviously, by Thomas Frank, and they've kept building on it. But I, I think he, is with West London clubs, is a, has been a peach. So a very unpopular decision to part company with him. Uh, which puts Beal under a lot of pressure. But Beal is, um, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Rob Edwards being the, the Grand Potter. I would say Michael Beal is the Steve Cooper, right? Same kind of professional background as Steve Cooper. Uh, this would be when Steve Cooper was hired at Swansea, not, not uh, obviously when he was hired by Forrest. He was a known quantity because of his uh, time at Swansea. But uh, this is very much, hey, a guy who worked in the Liverpool youth system, uh, then worked with Steven Gerrard at both Aston Villa and, uh, and uh, Rangers, you know, who Gerrard had taken from the Liverpool youth system. Uh, also uh, had a stint in Brazil at one point, uh, if I remember the club's press release, which uh, was kind of a, a strange uh, thing considering the rest of his uh, his history was with Liverpool or with uh, Liverpool links through Steven Gerrard. But this is a guy who I think is going to be under immense pressure. But because they sacked Warburton very in a very unpopular fashion, I think he's probably going to get the whole season. It is interesting how like a lot of these clubs too can't uh, have this uh, coaching philosophy or, or playing the philosophy where it is playing the right way, playing I mean the ball on the ground, uh, playing a certain system, and playing your way out of the championship, which can be done. And that's the beauty of it, of it too is that you bring in a manager uh, who is younger, who doesn't have as much experience, and uh, you give them some of the you know the transfer funds to get some key players in. And, and just like we've seen at Watford, uh, possibly this season, and, and QPR, possibly this season, uh, we've seen the same thing with uh, Swansea City. I mean, yes, they haven't gotten promoted, but recently, was it last summer, hiring uh, Russell Martin as the manager from uh, MK Dons. And at MK Dons, he played this very attacking-minded philosophy um, that was kind of high on kind of uh, pressure up front, uh, but was susceptible to uh, a lot of goals uh, conceded on on the defensive side. And and Swansea, looking at this season too, have have gone through a little bit of rebuilding. Uh, They sold uh, Flynn Downs, uh, one of their uh, talented midfielders, to West Ham United for $11 million. And they've brought in a couple of defenders. So Harry Darling from MK Dons and Nathan Wood from Middlesbrough, as well as signing Joe Allen from Stoke City on a free transfer. So so Swansea's also the same philosophy kind of in, in terms of QPR, Watford and, and other clubs trying to play their way out of the league, uh, relying a lot on free transfers or loans and uh, trying to find, uh, spend wisely to get its players at a bargain uh, or maybe players are a little bit younger given the, the experience that they need. We saw that last season with uh, Ethan Laird who's from Manchester United, a, uh, a right fullback, and uh, played for several months at Swansea City, played, did amazingly well, and then got loaned uh, to Bournemouth and helped them uh, get promoted back to the Premier League. And, and now for this season, hopefully we'll, he'll get some playing time at Manchester United. Uh, Chris, I have to ask you as a Swansea fan, and I hate to put you on the spot like this, but uh, my view is if Steve Cooper had gotten any investment at all from that ownership uh, in the two seasons he was there, he would have gotten Swansea out of the division. Uh, do you share that uh, view, or do you think I'm being maybe a little too uh, too revisionist and favorable towards that manager? Because, of course, he did get, then get forced out, I think, with probably an inferior squad out of the championship the next season. 
Yeah, and, and actually when he joined Nottingham Forest uh, as manager last season, they were bottom of the table. And this was before uh, Derby County got uh, penalised for uh, for the, the financial irregularities. So, yeah, Steve, Steve Cooper got them from bottom of the table and got them promoted uh, to the Premier League. I, I'm a huge Steve Cooper fan. I, I still am. I, I believe in him. Uh, I, I like his methods. I like his coaching philosophy. I like his man management. I, uh, I loved his press conferences. So... Uh, We'll get into Nottingham Forest probably in in the Premier League uh, preview that we'll do uh, next week. But um, yeah, for sure. I think with more funds available to Steve Cooper, uh, just that one or two players could have made the difference to actually get them uh, promoted into the Premier League with Swansea. Uh, however, he did really well, too, in terms of the loan system, bringing a lot of players from uh, Conor Gallagher, right? He was a star now at Chelsea, was a, was great at uh, Crystal Palace last season, brought him on loan. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, uh, a player who's been bounced around a little bit from Wolves, but uh, a lot of transfer speculation about him. He was brought in uh, on loan to Swansea City. So he leveraged a lot of his contacts as a former England youth manager and was able to bring in some players that he knew from the, the national level and bring them to Swansea, and which was fantastic coups. But yes, they should have gotten some additional funding to get some players that could have just taken them over the edge to get them into the Premier League. Okay, so let's leave it there for the podcast. We will be back tomorrow with part two of the championship preview for the 2022-23 season. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.